Welcome to the Fitz Group Podcast for its members and our community at large. Our desire is to create a connection with our audience, communicate through seasons of transition, and empower you to make your business all you dreamed it would be. Join us now for the next episode of the story that will be told with our hosts, Fitz and Heather. Welcome back to part three of Work Rest Boundaries. We talked about in part one, uh, why do people not work? Number two, uh, uh, in part two, we talked about accurately defining rest. And today we wanted to share with you some practical tips. But first, we need to identify some symptoms. Yes. Well, we want to talk about, right, what are the symptoms of that you lack good, healthy work rest boundaries? Yeah. Um, so I think that it can be things like, let's see, I wrote down some things here. So it can be things like you feel like you're always in survival mode. Mm. You feel like you're running a rat race Mm. when you're not hitting your work objectives. So when you're not making dials, you're not hitting the productivity goals. You don't, aren't getting the numbers off your 13 week tracker. That's probably a symptom that you're lacking appropriate work rest boundaries. Procrastination, it's like your best friend. Um, Life feels out of control. Like Mm. you feel like your life is running you instead of you running it. Nothing is ever good enough or you don't feel like you are good enough. Mm. Your relationships are unfulfilling. The people drain you. You have no interest in going out or being around other people, meeting new relationships. Um, These are all symptoms of work rest boundaries. Is there anything that you think I am no, forgetting? No, I, I think that's great. I think that um, that when you're feeling that those sentiments and those feelings, we just want to encourage you then to identify that that's a problem I'm dealing with. And then hopefully the things that we're talking about or have talked about so far when we're talking about the first one, we were just talking about how emotion is driving your un productivity. So dealing with those emotions. Then the second one we were talking about, maybe you're just simply not resting correctly. You're not feeling refueled and re-inspired by rest. So hopefully those two are helping you. If you're like, that's me, my life is those symptoms reflect my life. But here are some other just practical tips that we're going to go through. We've got six of them that we're going to give you fairly, hopefully fairly quickly hopefully. of ways that can help you to healthily have good work rest boundaries. Celebrate small wins. Number one, celebrate small wins. I, I know people who've uh, dealt with depression, for example, and I, I don't want to belittle the struggle that they fight. But getting out of bed in the morning sometimes, if that's a, a situation you're dealing with, there's a victory. Mm-hmm. Celebrate that. Feel good about that. You know, uh, if you're making dials and, and, and you're, you're, you're worried, you're scared of making the dials, it's a real fear of making the dials and getting rejected, make 10 and give yourself a high five. That's right. I don't know how many times I've gone, woo, good job, man. And we, we, had, we joke around the house that I'm amazingly self-assured. I don't wait for somebody else to celebrate my small win for me. I tell myself, you did that good, man. You rocked that. You uh-huh. nailed it. There's nothing wrong with celebrating those small wins. I encourage it. Well, and it's actual like proven scientific that it can be an endorphin rush to make a checklist and mark it off. Um, I know that from personal experience because mm. I've become the queen of a clipboard with a white sheet by my bed and that's where I brain dump and I get I get so excited to simply go mark something off of my to-do list. Celebrate your small wins. Uh, number two is sometimes you just simply need to hit 
the reset button by taking a nap. <laughs> Did I just give you permission to take a nap? You know, I get it. Again, we've talked about this and we've, I mean, even as we were preparing these notes. Yeah. And we talked about it from the very beginning. Most of the time, 80% of people are not doing enough. Mm. So why are we talking about taking naps or taking rest? Because some of you listening to me are taking too many naps. <laughs> that could be the problem. However, well. the reality is when, again, when it's done correctly, sometimes, you know, like you're just having a crappy day mm. and nothing is going your way. Maybe you do need to hit a reset button. Give yourself permission to go take a 30-minute nap, and then you start again. Sometimes you just feel your body is so drained down and you're like, a nap can give you that extra burst of energy, the extra burst of endorphins in order to get back at it again and to actually be productivity, like be, sorry, be productive throughout yeah. the rest of the day. When you push yourself so hard, like if you feel that need for a rest and you don't take it, you're not working as effectively or as smartly for the rest of the hours of the day. So you can drag out and not be effective for the next four hours, or you could stop for 30 minutes and then be super effective for three and a half hours. Um, so sometimes you just need to give yourself permission to take those short little naps and hit the reset button. Yep, for sure. I know when the Rona hit our family, I remember just, <laughs> I would work and go, oh, I need a break and I'd take a nap and it, and I was okay with that because uh, I had the Rona. But I also know that sometimes at the office, I like, I have a no show and a phone call. And I go, you know what? This I need a I need a break real quick. And I just close the door, set my alarm on my phone for 15 minutes, kind of kick back in my chair and just close my eyes. Alarm goes off. I'm back up. I'm ready to go. And it was just a quick little power nap. I think it's great. Number three, practical tip. We you I recommend finding the meaning in your work. If you're a personal producer and you're meeting with families, you are making sure that this family is not living under a bridge a month after the primary or one of the primary breadwinners dies. There's real meaning in that. I think that uh, uh, we at Integrity Marketing, we talk about uh, pr helping prepare for those ultimate days, you know, the, the life, health, and wealth, you know, of our clients that we're, right. we're helping prepare for. I think that's finding the bigger meaning in your work. I know for me, uh, for years now in the hiring agents and, and, and getting them going, that's not really what I do. That's what, not what I feel like the meaning is in my work. I'm not hiring a new agent and teaching them how to sell insurance and mm -hmm. I feel fulfilled. No, I, I, we really do enjoy beyond that, helping them, whether they're a personal producer or whether they're hiring agents themselves, we enjoy helping them build a business that is sustainable. And maybe one day, you know, it gets bought out for millions or, or maybe it's just providing a nice lifestyle for your family for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. You know, and finding, I love, I find meaning in helping people achieve that themselves. Right. Yeah. I mean, I just was reading an article because um, I am a sports mom, you know, so I know what it's like. They're, they're just talking about the ridiculousness of the things that people, that parents will do to watch their kids play sports. I mm. mean, the extreme weather they will do, the the crazy driving, you know, hours away, the, you know, crazy expenses, like all these things we will do. And why? Because as parents, we're almost ridiculous about the things we'll do because of our loving our kids. Mm. And so sometimes, though, that mo that motivates us to do all this productivity, all these crazy things. So that's what we're saying. Sometimes you've got to just take time to remind yourself and get back to the focus of what is meaningful to you. What is driving you 
that you care about, the people around you that you care about, and how can you remind mm. yourself, re-inspire yourself, refocus yourself to increase your productivity because you're focused on the meaning of what it is that you do with your life. Um, number four. Number four is to do less so that you can do more. Mm. Um, honestly, like for me personally, I came into this year, I told Alec on New Year's Day, I was like, I have, because you know people like, they have words for their year. And um, <laughs> and I think there's value in that. You know, some people do that yeah. maybe even outside of trying to set a goal. But I was like, I am going to delegate this year. Boom. Um, and, and I have. I have been trying to. The idea of doing less to do more is that you're um, operating in your sweet spot. So you're doing less but you're doing more of what you're great at. Mm. So that's why we talk a lot about like hiring good staff mm. because sometimes we are stuck at a certain stage or level because we can't get away from, we, we can't do less. Like if, if the first thing you said when I said do less to do more, which this would have been me not too long ago, is I can't, <laughs> I can't do less. Ever There's too many people needing too much from me. Yeah. If that's your initial response, it's probably because you're not willing to let go and trust and delegate someone else to do it. You're not willing to invest in someone else to help you or pay them to help you to do things. Um, but the idea is that actually when we're working smarter and working in our sweet spots of what we're really good at, we actually, our productivity goes up. What we're producing, what we're outputting is actually more than us thinking that somehow we can do it all. So the idea is do less to do more. Oh, the other point I want to make with that is the other idea behind that is creating some creative space. I think that sometimes we neglect the inspiration side of ourselves. Mm. And that fuels, that creativity will fuel our productivity. Sometimes, and look, like the power of like stepping back and going and like you can't solve a problem. Like you hit a roadblock and you think you're stuck and I can't see a way through. Sometimes you've got to step back, go take a walk, think about something else. And all of a sudden, have you ever had it hit you like a lightning bolt? Like, <gasps> Oh, I just got it. That's the solution. That's the creativity, the spark of inspiration to push you through so that you can help solve the problem for that client. Like maybe they didn't want to buy the product you were offering, but when you took a minute to step back, you all of a sudden saw the way forward of how you could effectively, creatively solve the problem for your client. Sometimes doing less is doing more. And that requires trust for sure. I know for me, handing stuff off to staff, you know, I, I'm, I'm again, deep rooted. I, I feel like, you know, I have to do in order to receive love. Right. And so it, it, I feel like if I give that up to you, then what am I going to do? <laughs> now I'm just being lazy by just delegating. Well, no, you fill that time. You said it, but you fill that time with your sweet spot. You fill that time with what's going to continue to provide a, a great return and increase your productivity. Because you handed that off, you can now multiply your efforts. People say there's only 24 hours in a day. Unless you have three people working for you eight hours a day. Just like that, those three people added another day to your every day. Mm -hmm. And it just multiplied your effectiveness and your productivity, and you should see it grow. Number five, 
Know your peak hours and guard them. Know your peak hours and guard them. Now, the two of us have different peak hours. <laughs> you may or may not know this about us. It works us. well for us. It does work well. I uh, I tend to be more of a late nighter, mm -hmm. and you tend to be more of an early morninger. It was awesome when we had newborns. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was because you would you would get the uh, well you'd go to bed. I'd do like the 3 a.m. feeding or whatever, 2 a.m., 3 a.m. feeding. I'd go to bed. Then you'd get up at 6 and do the next feeding, and I could sleep in a little bit. It worked great. But now it's it's also, <laughs> it's funny now how we do it. Like I'm I'm working at night, like last night, and I'm saying, hey, what about spring break? Da, 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 da. I get up in the morning, and I check my phone, and she's already responded to all these texts that mm -hmm. I sent her and all the emails I sent her. It actually still works well, it I does. think. I agree. What I, because I'm a late nighter, typically late night. Let's let's define my late nighter is I I operate well after the, say the hours of eight, mm -hmm. um, and which which was great when our kids were younger. Now that our kids are teenagers and they're staying up later, yeah. freaking annoying. I mean, I remember a couple of years ago going summer is killing me because yes. my productive hours are being taken up with kids being, well, kids but distracting, and I got stuff to do right. And so now I'm I'm having to realize right now I'm working through it still where, Hey, you, you need to go. Can you go do something else right now? I'd really need to work on this. And these are prime hours for me to work on it. And I think the kids are kind of getting into the flow of it. Yeah. But you're a morninger. Yeah. But it's to the point that then you said it, I think you said it, but the, the value of not just knowing what your peak hours are, but guarding them, yes. um, you've got to protect them. So, right. I'm a morning kind of girl. So like we just did our, um, our big meeting here at the beginning of February and the preparation leading up to that, I had certain tasks I needed to get done that required me to be at my best. And so for me, I need to get up. Usually I'll get up at five in the morning and get in a couple hours before I get the kids up. And then I might have to get the kids up and out the door, but then I get home and I keep going. And typically for me, right, it's the five to really like noon, 11 or noon. Not that I, and I just save the things like running errands or, um, you know, making dinner or the, the less, um, the tasks that do not require as much from me for the afternoon and the things that really require my energy and my focus, I do in the morning. But what in the way I protect that is I will often try not to book appointments in the morning if I know I'm working on a particular project. Um, or I might, um, you know, I put off a friend or I've like if I mean recently, for example, I had a call scheduled and I could see in my calendar that I had I needed that space to accomplish something for the event coming up. And so I pushed that call back a few hours and said, I need to protect that space that I have. It's very important that you recognize and learn those things about yourself and do the more challenging tasks in those peak hours for you. Number six. Number six really is probably one of my favorites, but it's that you have to recognize seasons. Yeah. Um, we often have made said through the years, sometimes you have to get out of balance to get back into balance. Totally. And we're saying that most often in our industry is to convince people, yeah, you better work hard and you better like feel exhausted and you better think I've never worked this hard before mm -hmm. because I do know that that's what it takes to sometimes to get your business off of the ground. However, that type of work activity is not sustainable for a long period of time. Mm. And the idea is seasons is to help things grow. Like sometimes you got to go through the winter and then have the spring and then have all the rain and then have the hot summer and then you have the fall. And all of those seasons are about helping produce and grow certain 
certain things, right? So it's the same thing in your own life. Like you can neglect something. You can go through a winter season, for example, and say, look, I've got to kind of, I'm going to have, I'm going to talk to my family. I'm going to sit them down. I'm going to say, you're not going to see me as much for this next season of life, but I am coming back. So when you have a prior agreement that I'm going into a busy season with a set rest schedule at the Mm. end of it, all of that is designed for your growth, for your financial growth. Like sometimes you've got to get out of balance to get back into balance. But when you try to sustain that type of behavior over and over and over again, typically that's what we start to call a workaholic who then is neglecting their family and typically at the end of a life may not have a family anymore. And I don't know about you, but that's never been one of my personal goals. So I don't want to work so hard that I lose everything else that I love. So I think the idea of recognizing seasons and sometimes even like, yes, you've gotten yourself out of balance. Sometimes you've got to get yourself healthy. And that may look like taking more sabbaticals or things like that to grow health Mm. again in your life. But seasons, seasons are so important when you're talking about work rest boundaries and doing it correctly. And I think when it comes to seasons, you said this, and I just want to elaborate for a second on it, um, is uh, that prior agreement communication. Mm -hmm. I was recently talking with an agent and uh, he was voicing to me, you know, um, concerns and questions really about how and and in what way to get a a family member involved uh, in the business. And um, I said, well, on the one hand, they're a family member. And so, you know, it's okay to have real conversations. But if you want them involved in the business, you need to have these conversations of um, here, you know, from the from the recognizing the seasons from a rest and working perspective of the conversations are more around, hey, for the next 90 days, we're going to do this. And here's why. I think that um, I know for us, so in the early days, especially so often, I would just take off and run. And I'd look back and go, why aren't you running? She didn't understand where we were going. <laughs> I hadn't communicated it. And, and it can seem daunting. I've had wives of semi-workaholic husbands saying, when does this end? Right. When, do, is this just what life looks like for the rest of our life? My husband's working 40 hours a day for the rest of... How does that ever change? Right. Well, what, what needs to be recognized there is there are seasons and they do need to be communicated. Um, I think that way everybody's on the same page. You have some prior agreement of how long this is going to last. And when it's done, here's what we're going to do and for how long we're going to do it. And then we're going to do this. Like, I think that that communication so often is missed. People just assume, and in a marriage, it's really easy to do this. I just assume you understand Mm -hmm. because we're married. We've been married a long time, a couple of decades already. Why don't you just get it? Well, we haven't talked about it. Right. Right. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I want you to, I just want to remind you that all of this discussion has been around helping you grow. Yeah. It's about healthy things grow. Yep. So if anything that we're saying, like if you, all you heard was, oh God, take a nap. And we just gave you permission to take (laughs) naps all day long, then you're not really hearing or listening. So if it's going to drive down your productivity, your results, then you're not hearing us accurately and you're welcome to reach out and we can talk it through more. Um, The idea here is to help you have a healthy partnership between work and rest so that your productivity increases, your results increase. So I hope that we've given you some practical tips and ways that your productivity, your activity, your financial future can increase in the insurance industry this year. Absolutely. And hey, now that you know, you you know. know. 